Hello and welcome to episode number 203 of the Pet Pet. See, this is what happens when we don't do podcasts for a while. There's all kinds of audio problems, even in the intro. There is some. Uh, there shouldn't be any audio problems in this particular episode. Uh, we only had two people. Uh, we are, oh my god, two weeks in a row. How is that even possible? It is possible because Mandalorian Season 2 is going on strong. Uh, we discussed both last week's episode and this past uh friday's episode uh so yeah that is why we are keeping up and maybe doing an episode uh a week at least uh for the next maybe couple of weeks we'll see what happens who knows we might even go back to a weekly schedule maybe that will happen maybe it won't let us know. Uh, please let us know that you're listening. Hello, one listener that is left. I'm feeling super, like, I don't know what this mood is, but uh, uh, I'm doodling uh, while doing this uh, at my drafting table. Uh, you're getting a little uh, behind the scenes of things that are going on here at Nerd Pro Quo. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, if you uh, happen to enjoy that, uh, sort of thing i'm going to self-plug another thing that i don't think i've ever done uh you can uh, follow me on instagram at uh martin jamie c at martin jamie c at m-a-r-t-i-n-j-a-i-m-e-c uh on instagram i'm probably going to be posting some of the artwork up on uh the nerdproco twitter account as well uh at nerdproco on twitter again as always uh let us know if you're listening respond to us let us know your thoughts about our thoughts on uh this these latest two episode uh episodes of the mandalorian we discuss a couple other things as well uh there's a lot of stuff that has happened in the past couple of months that we are still catching up on and that we haven't actually podcasted about so uh, yeah there's gonna be a lot more coming up uh we might even maybe maybe we might even live tweet the next episode of mandalorian we will see what happens uh with that but like i said uh let us know if that's something you want us to do if there's anybody still listening out there please hit us up at nerdproco on twitter uh nerdproco at gmail.com you probably noticed there's been no music in the background there'll be music coming back uh, soon there's going to be, uh, like I said, artwork going up. There might even be some new things like projects that might actually be happening by the time the new year rolls around. Uh, again, I, I have gotten to the habit of never actually saying what they are anymore because for some reason it seems to jinx them and then life happens and then they don't happen. So, yeah, I hope you guys are doing all okay. I hope everyone is doing okay. In the meantime, enjoy this episode, episode number 203 of the Nerdco Podcast. I can't even talk right. Stay nerdy, y'all. Let's do this. Um, and we're on. Yeah, we're oh just going to jump right you in. You do not know how much blue balls I've had to uh, deal with since the last time I saw uh, last week's episode I needed to talk to you and just like... <laughs> Just not all over this podcast where, we... oh gosh, okay, let's yeah, forget so... what we did, what we just saw, because right now we just saw episode four. Yes, which we so will get to. We yeah. got to start with episode three. There's a Holy lot to t- talk about on this episode too, just 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 in general besides Mandalorian, but let's just go with, because because just, just I mean, we were kind of talking. You talk- made me mad. 
when I texted you, it was like, wait, what? I'm like, how the fuck did you not watch that episode? Immedi- what was your problem last week? I didn't. I So I wasn't. The actual. If, I might be misremembering this. No, I don't think I am. Um, I don't think I was actually home. Oh. Uh, okay. So I had kind of. So sometimes what happens when I'm working is I forget uh, that, like, I get distracted by our eyes. I, I don't remember whether – something happened. I don't, Like, this is the way time works now as I have no sense of time. But last Friday, I something was going on or I was working on something, and I just for, – because I was distracted, I forgot that it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't watch the episode right away. I also didn't know that Katie Sackhoff was in it ahead of time. That's yeah. what I love. I mean – Yeah. If I Has had, there been any leaks at all? Within the Mandalorian two seasons, I have not only, known of anything. Only, only that. Uh, I mean, it's it's not necessarily it's not a leak, unless it ends up being true. The only leak was the uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano yeah. is going to be in this season, and it's going to be Rosario Dawson, like. And whether that and whether when she shows up, if she shows up, I think it's definitely going to show up because they've already mentioned her. They already mentioned her in the yeah. previous episode. But that was kind of like I think they use that as a huge misdirect in terms of like forcing fans to not probe deep into the other episodes because I would have never thought that they would have gone f- so deep. In the Clone Wars lore, yeah. I did not see that coming. I did not think that they would just. I've I've read somewhere that they were introducing some of the characters that were seen in Clone Wars. Yeah, but I didn't think like major characters like uh um, what's her name, uh Bo Katan yeah. would be in this uh, series. Yeah, um, that, that just like threw me off. But starting, let's all right. So let's get started. Episode three. Yeah. I was a huge. Epi- I was so pissed off at episode two. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. care about the whole aliens influence. It was a huge letdown after a solid episode one, and yeah. then I was just like, okay, they're in the spaceport, whatever. You you also were right in saying that like the first two episodes were slow, and then they're just gonna like fucking ramp into the next episode is gonna be like ridiculous and that's exactly what i it was, was. Wor- i was i i wasn't sure about that okay i wasn't too sure you did that, say they that, would. that yeah you did say like really i did yeah i think it was uh it, it might it was either you or rich that said i know i'm pretty i'm like 90 percent sure it was you okay. i could go back to the recording uh and 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 be like it was you that said it's like yeah they, they're setting up so that season the, like the third episode it's gonna like they're gonna hit it pretty hard um, and I, oh fucking boy they day. I mean, we start, you know, the episode with them in this spaceport, you know, where, you know, shit, the Razor's Crest is fucked up. Yeah. Uh to shit. And then, you know, I don't know much about those alien creatures, but it seems like when I go on YouTube, every Star Wars fan knows that those are asshole assholes of, you know, the Star Wars universe. Those like you know, octopus-looking aliens. Oh yeah, the okay. So okay, yeah. I'm not familiar with them, so, but apparently a lot of so, you guys know that they're assholes. So there's a whole, um, so uh, 
so basically, if you don't know, like Clone Wars, that entire episode, episode three, was basically like, hey, everyone who didn't watch Clone Wars, go watch Clone Wars. Because, so, there is an entire couple episode arc in Clone Wars where it's those people, the, the octopus, uh, I forget what, they have a very Star Wars name that is like, so it is a, where the Jedi have to, and, and Padme have to go nego- negotiate and basically fight a war between the Mon Calamari, oh, okay. who are the, you know, the yeah, lobster cool. people. No, no, no. They're they're also they're they're less the uh, oh those guys uh, yes yeah Admiral Akbar Akbar's people, people. Okay. yes uh, and those other people who have I don't remember what they're called but it's probably like the Squidinarians or something because it's Star Wars <laughs> because look the the fucking the other people are called Mon Calamari so I don't remember what it, I I should probably Google this but like uh and yes they are they are dicks uh but yeah there's a whole like underwater war that basically is part of clone wars that they have to uh first like try and prevent and then they have to fight it and then they have to like you know reach a peace between those people so that whole thing is an allusion to clone wars and then fucking katie you know the other Mandalorians come, come. Yeah, I mean, well, first thing it was I did not see them just like knock the child into that pit with that giant sea creature. Sure, I was like, shit. But I love. I mean, I hated the kid for the for episode two, but <laughs> he was he kind of redeemed himself for this episode a little bit. And you know, you the kid knows. I mean, fifty years. In existent, the kid knows when to duck and cover and turn on the shield, or yeah. else he's gonna get killed. And then, bam, we saw all these, you know, three Mandalorians come in to save the day. I didn't think much of it because we've seen Mandalorians before in sure. season one, so let's get okay, fine. And then I was like, wait a fucking minute, one fucking Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. And I love Katie Sackhoff from her time at, at in Battlestar Galactica. Sure. They're and called... Then, actually, they don't have... So the the other people who aren't the Mon Calamari actually don't have a star, very super Star Wars name. They're called the Quarren. Oh, Quarren. Yeah. Um, just FYI. Uh, yeah, and just the fact that, like, okay, she was the voice of that character on Clone Wars yeah. and apparently has a whole arc on... I haven't gotten to that part in Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, although when they brought up the Death Watch, which are basically so the about, zealots of so, the Mandalorians. So yeah, so a, a way that basically they're taking a lot of stuff from Clone Wars and applying it to Mandalorian. That, like I said, all of Episode Three is Clone Wars stuff, uh, which is amazing because it's years after Clone the Clone Wars. Uh, but so. A lot of people are familiar with the Mandalorians because of this show and Boba Fett. Uh, and there's this whole thing, even early in this show, where it's like, oh, Mandalor- the Mandalorians, it's not a planet or people, it's a creed. And this is where they actually, like, I was like, oh, that kind of, so they're going with the movie definition and not the Clone Wars thing where Mandalore actually was a planet. 
and Mandalore for a really long time during the Clone Wars was neutral. And then there's a whole group called the Death Watch who are like sort of like the zealots they're like also they stem from basically the soldiers or like the warrior class on Mandalore uh and then I'm getting some of this the details of this wrong because some of it is extended universe stuff so like I don't know how much of it uh is accurate to Clone Wars because I haven't watched all the way through it um and basically they are the ones who decide like that like Mandalore shouldn't be uh neutral anymore and then apparently during the purge the planet mandalore is basically wiped out essentially and the only ones left are death watch so mandal so like i guess what happened like what they're implying both in episode three and last season is that used to be a planet now it's a creed because the actual like people of Mandalore don't exist anymore. And now we're learning episode three is basically explaining. It's like, no, there used to be a whole planet of us. Uh, and then they fully explain why some Mandalorians are able to remove their helmets. Yes. And some do not. Um, and so our hero of the show, Din Djarin is part of those zealots who are steadfast into not removing their helmets. Yeah. And uh, Mandalorians like, Katie Sackhoff's character, uh, Bo Katan. Yeah. Um, they're more flexible about those rules. Sure. And apparently, the whole plot of this, of them trying to, like I said, I haven't gotten to the. It's why so many of the Clone Wars fans like cream their pants, I guess, is because the whole getting the dark saber is apparently an entire subplot in Clone Wars that I haven't gotten to. So, mm-hmm. like, that's why. And they came back to it in this. So they're really. I mean, like I said, episode three is basically an entire... It's a it's one giant episode. I mean, it's one I giant should, advertisement for I Clone mean, Wars. I should have thought about that. I mean, once Filoni introduced the Darksaber at the end of season one, yeah. it, sh- it should not have been a surprise that a lot of his characters would be re-emerging in season two because yeah. that was a huge thing. Yeah. You know? um, his connection to those characters, bringing them on. Um, and expanding the world of Star Wars with what he's done with the animation. That's been phenomenal. And and Clone Wars, the series, only ended this year. Wait, wait was it Clone Wars or Rebels? No, Clo- Clone Wars ended this year. Really? Okay. And the big, huge, I mean, I haven't watched it, but of course, because I was keeping up on all this on the internet, the huge spoiler is that... Because over the course of the seven seasons of Clone Wars that there's been, uh, a couple of the number one, Ahsoka Tano has become like a major, like has grown to be a major character, and she dies in Revenge of the Sith. She's very, she has a very minor role in Revenge of the Sith, uh, and they essentially. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, yes. she's very briefly in in Revenge of the Sith because she's a Jedi Master in that. And she's killed by, uh, apparently killed by uh, Palpatine. But apparently in season seven of uh, Clone Wars, not only does she become a gray Jedi, but they completely like retcon her death. That's more retconning. Um, and now they're even retconning her death even more by possibly having her appear in Mandalorian. Because it's like, yeah, it's like you... you 
created a character that like or you just expect it's what Clone Wars actually it's why Dave Filoni was such a good choice to be like one of the guiding voices in Mandalorian is because he one of the things that happened in Clone Wars and I haven't watched Rebels but I'm sure it happens in Rebels too but it makes you care about characters that you and situations that you never even thought about like the clones are major characters in Clone Wars. Like, it's not just Obi-Wan and Anakin. There are whole episodes... They have characters. They are unique yeah. uh, from each other. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen all of the episodes, but the I think I'm in season two yeah. of Clone Wars. They did do a good job in terms of, like, highlighting their unique personalities. Yeah. There's a whole thing about uh, in the season, the arc that I just finished in season i want to say it's season four where there's a jedi who just keeps leading them on battle like i won't spoil it but there's a jedi who basically keeps leading them on essentially suicide missions and they keep going like they start to be like have his whole thing is like you're you know that they're just clones and they don't you know they don't matter and they're like he he might actually be evil like it takes away and so it's it's a it's there's a Jedi in it, but Anakin, like Obi-Wan, all the, those characters, there's whole strings of episodes where Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, Yoda, all like the quote-unquote main characters never appear. There's like entire arcs that are just about clone troopers. Uh, and honestly, there's some of the best episodes <laughs> Because it's the grunts. It's like you get to care about the grunts, and the grunts have their own personalities. And like, yeah, there's there's even an entire episode about a uh, I don't remember what season it is, but they're on some random planet, and they just uh, they encounter this family, and the family like the kid encounters like the clone troopers, and he keeps calling like, "Oh, do you know my dad?" Blah 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 blah, and then you find out that it's like the dad of the family quote unquote is actually a clone trooper who just decided when he was on this planet on a like a troop you know on like a fighter or whatever he was just like i don't want to be a clone trooper anymore i'm just going to sit down and say and he's just been living on this farm <laughs> with this family and it's like it's a great episode cuz it's just like oh it's a whole fucking different story yeah so i'm glad that they are Pulling from a lot of ideas and storylines from the Clone Wars, which what really got me going in addition to obviously, you know, seeing Katie Sackhoff and just like the connection with Clone Wars is the expanded potential of beyond Mandalorian, this show, what can Star Wars do to like, you know, do right by characters like Bo-Katan. Will they have like spin-off series with sure. like, you know, Bo-Katan reclaiming Mandalorians? Will that have any potential implications beyond the trilogies that we've had with uh yeah. um will we see an expanded universe? Will characters like Ahsoka Tano reemerge in movies? Sure. And all of that shit was like going into my mind, you know, after the end of uh, episode three, it was like shit. There's so much they could do right now, and I'm actually yeah. excited about yeah. that. And so we were watching that this after show where sort of 
not an after show, but it's like a separate show that they have on Disney Plus where they talk to all the directors uh, who did the episodes. And it's one of the things that I didn't know was that basically all of the directors were in some way involved with each other's episodes. But like just all the episodes, just one of the advantages of having a show is that you can do that. You can have a different director on, on every episode. But it's also... And also Disney money. That yeah. Also yeah. But but that they let... Unlike the... So I, I made a point about season one, like Taika's episode, of like the two stormtroopers just talking to each other at the beginning of that last episode is something you could never do in the movies. Um... There's been a bunch of stuff that they've done, even that, even in the second season, where it's just like, especially like last episode, this this episode mm-hmm. that, just, that just aired, we're recording Friday, um, is like there's there's a lot of stuff. It's like oh, you, I don't think you could have done that, or they've actually done this better than the movies have. It's like on a smaller scale, but it feels, it feels more important, and it feel like you care you have about what time it, with yeah. these characters. Sure. You know, the problem with the the trilogy is that um, we don't get to see these characters explore like Finn, you know, um, Rose. What, yeah, I mean, there's so many and uh, um, Poe what. Poe Dameron or yeah, I mean, who they're... by the way, fucking Poe and fucking Finn are getting a show, and if not Finn, Poe is getting his own show. Wait, I thought there were issues with uh, Boyega and Disney. That's what I mean. I was I said uh. Poe and Finn are getting a show, and then I went Poe Dameron is getting a show. Like, and then I remember it's like, oh, he said some shit, which he was not wrong. No, <laughs> he no. was completely accurate. Um, um, and that's kind of like why I like TV medium more than I guess movies nowadays, where you sure. just like you, you you spend time, you know these characters. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I would as a Star Trek fan, I would have never given given it any shits about you know anything Star Wars. But the fact the fact that we took time to see Denjarin, you know, yeah. and see his universe through his eyes, I've come to re- appreciate that, and I. I'm starting to appreciate that Disney needs to more do more TV shows yeah. like this. You know, hold off on the movies. Maybe for the kind of th- consider the movies as like the learn from Marvel. You yeah. know, where you have the big spectacles after seeing all of these disparate characters come in for whatever um, situation that sure. caused them to come through. But like with these TV shows expand on them flesh them out you know make us care about them so like this we don't have to worry about character development in the movies because we have already seen these characters in the tv shows yeah uh it's interesting because i hope they do so one of the nice things about mandalorian because it also takes place in a different a completely different time period uh than the movies is that you can tell stories that have nothing to do with the movies. Uh one of the, it's interesting that you bring up like Marvel like the Marvel movies and if you think about the Marvel TV shows, the biggest thing that hamstrung 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from being an actual good show was the fact that the movies were happening at this... It was set in the same time period as the movies. And sometimes they had... They dealt with the events of the movies. And some of those episodes were decent, where they actually, like, hear the con- some of the consequences. Like, they did a thing that was basically, like, an episode uh, an episode that took place right after the aftermath of, of Thor to Dark World. Uh, and that was a decent episode. In fact, in the later seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of the best... The best season was the episodes where they went into the far, the whole team ended up in the far future, like a, a like a, a sort of alternate timeline future. And that was great because then they didn't have to write around the movies because you can't write anything that's too connected to what happened, what's happening in the movies because you might end up spoiling with some something or like, yet yeah, you just can't, which is they, they couldn't deal with any of the stuff that was happening the season that was around Endgame and and Infinity War, there was a whole thing that was happening in Agents of Shield, but none of the state they kept trying to make it feel like the stakes were big, but none of it felt as big because you knew that Endgame was that 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 either no you knew that Infinity War was coming soon, so they tried to build up a big bad, uh in graviton or something which is like a sort of powerful he's a he's a dumb superman analog from from the comic books uh and they tried to build him up as the big bad as like oh we have to take care of this guy because we it's basically the implication is we have to deal with this guy because we know thanos is coming or something but they they could only do so much with that because we as viewers either once Infinity War came out, we were like, nothing is going to be as big as that. So nothing that happens on the show is going to matter as much as what Thanos has done. And then they didn't, they didn't basically didn't deal with like the, they couldn't deal with the snap at all because then you might spoil something that, or mess up something or, counteract something that's going to happen in Endgame. So they were hamstrung, which is why also Agent Carter was so great. Agent Carter took place way before anything that happened, like after Captain America, the first Avenger, but before anything else that happened. So you could do whatever the fuck you wanted on that show. That's why, I mean, it only lasted two seasons because, you know, not enough people watched it, but that's Agent Carter is actually, was actually great. So you're, you're stating that for this to this formula to work, these TV shows have to be like extended universe stories where yeah. they're not that connected. Well, well, they can be connected, but like like we're saying, like this previous episode, they can connect it to Clone Wars. They can connect it to Rebels. They can connect it to... Uh, they can connect it to anything, even in the movies, that has already happened. They can't... Once, if they if new movies come out, they can't have stories that take place during the same time period yeah. that the that the movie takes place. So, like, if they had chosen to do a show that happened in the same time period as, like, the new trilogy, they'd be doomed. They would have been doomed, I think, because nothing that 
it would be minor stories, and if you told those minor stories well enough, they, maybe they would have been great. But I think they would be extremely hamstrung because there's nothing. You can't do anything major in the universe. You can only scale up so much in the in the galaxy of Star Wars if you're doing it the same time period as the movies without hitting the wall that is the storyline of the movies, basically. Uh, and then as for if you want to go to the Marvel, there's also Inhumans, but the funny, the funny thing about that, the smart thing that Marvel did was they basically pretended that show never happened. We all did. Yeah. We all pretended it never yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, so this episode, um, episode three was... We get to see the Mandalorians. Uh, we get to see how badass Bo-Katan is, yeah. aka Katie Sackhoff. and the three you, of them. I mean, the three of them are just like, yeah. Um, the just teamwork. Yes. you know, I don't know about Ma- about um, Mando, but uh, Bo-Katan and her two um, allies. You know that they've been to shit. Together, yes. yeah, and they've gone through some tussles, and they—it's like one fluid movement between all of these characters. And I—I'd love to see like more of these Mandalorians come through and in their attempt to take over. So yeah. hopefully, Disney does something like this in the future yeah. where they expand on that. Um, and what else? And just—and even though Moff Gideon isn't in this episode that much, his presence, his presence is Darth Vader yes. like yeah. where you know this guy is like you know what you may have been nice to me but Moff won't <laughs> so I'd, yeah. rather, I'd rather die than deal with this shit so I that was just like just building up his character without him being in that in the episode that much that was just great so so one of the things that uh so many of the things that they've done in the show. This episode was a great ep- was a great example of it. Actually, uh, they've done things on a smaller scale. You're referring to Bryce Hall- Dallas. Wait, episode three of season two. Or? No, the most recent episode. Okay. So there's a whole chase sequence that happens in this most recent episode, uh, really late in the episode. That is Tie Fighters and uh, speeder bikes and. Uh, Tank that armored, yeah, I forget what it's called, but that armored vehicle. And that chase sequence felt more exciting. And just the way it was done, like, felt something about, like, the, the angles and everything of it just felt cooler and more exciting than anything, again, that they've, than they've done in the past three films. Well, yeah. I mean, the my biggest issue with the last... What was it? Uh, the Last Jedi? That was the last movie, right? No, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Um, it was just overload. You know, yeah. you could not focus on one issue... On one set of characters. You know, here, you know, you see three characters and they're, you know... and the fear of like getting blown out of the sky being blown out by these tie, these tie fighters. Yeah. So I love that. You know, it's like condense, narrowly focus. We're not be we're not throw, we're not being forced to pay attention to like eight other characters in the periphery. Sure. Just those characters. And that's something that was lost with this last trilogy. So the movies. And there's also like so there's shots in 
the the rise of Skywalker and in Force Awakens and like these big battle scenes, uh, and like they're in Rise of Skywalker, like the rise of those Death Stars, like these things that are supposed to look awesome. And don't get me wrong, visually they're very experiment, but because we're seeing, it's just like oh, we just took stuff that, uh already exists and added a big gun to it and scaled it up made it bigger and there was more of them and that's supposed to look cooler or be more exciting and the problem was that it wasn't uh in a lot of those scenes where and i would argue so even in this fourth episode like there are little details when the speeder bikes drop down the hill granted one of them crashes yeah a couple of them crash uh, which is a little bit of weird. I don't know if it was intentional comedy, but it's kind of like comedy. But that shot of the speeder bikes from above, it was in one the pre it was in the preview trailer for this season, is such a cool shot on a much cooler it's a it's so much cooler looking and on a much smaller scale than anything they did in the movies. And it's because small. It's such time. a... Yeah. You take time to appreciate it. It's not like we're thrown, you know, so much, you know, we're... we're it's like, it's not a visual spectacle overload, overload uh, like in those uh, trilogies. Yeah. And this, we could, um, you can admire, you know, the the craft that they put into yeah. uh, setting up well, a shot like you, that. You can, also because I notice a thing just... From speeder bikes, from the, I was remembering Return of the Jedi, and like the effects weren't there. But even when they redid the effects, uh, even though it's CG in this episode, the way that the they ride the speeder bikes feels more like one of the little weird details I noticed is that they lean. Like the speeder bike, and as it seems weird to like, I don't know why I noticed this, but it's definitely a difference than what I've you've seen with speeder bikes in the fat, and it might just be in. It's definitely like improvement improvement in effects, yeah. obviously, but it's just like oh, if they were turning and they're supposed to be like motorcycles, they would lean like you would on a motorcycle, like their bodies like shift. And maybe it's because I've been drawing a lot more lately, but I just noticed little details like that. It's like, oh, they they had them move more like you would if you were on an actual vehicle like that. Uh, also, again, use of practical effects. Yoda's, almost, Baby Yoda's almost all, is virtually all practical effects. He's way more expressive. Uh, it's still adorable. Just, just... And the, and the scene at that school with him interacting with, I'm obviously he's older than these children. Yeah, but still with children, that was just adorable. Yeah, oh. he steals candy. Him, him when they're like, the the we him just being so excited in this like when his, his tiny little hands are up. Yeah, yeah. as the Razor Crest do these maneuver maneuvers to avoid getting shot. Ah, uh, and they did a little like you were saying like a little guardian scene where he's like he can't he's trying to explain wires. Yeah, and it's so again it's knowing how to. I mean, it's the most recent episode is a great example of like executing small 
character moments extremely well and then mixing them with huge action not huge but like really well executed action scene like the chase sequence is great but two little great fantastic character moments is like baby yoda in the school baby yoda in the you know with the wires uh the fact that we learn that uh um Gina Carano's character whose name I'm for some reason I'm drawing a blank uh, on Caradun Caradun is is from Al- is from Alderaan yeah. like that little character moment is like you realize oh shit well, this that's is that's why she's so pissed off and yeah and no, it's joined. like she and that's but that's also why she's so she it's why she joined but it's also why she left as as I think what they're alluding to is she was fighting for the rebellion, like fighting with the, and then, or like maybe because her entire, like it, they, it wasn't clear, but I felt like they were kind of implying that like, uh, she's part of sort of the rebellion and then the planet, her whole planet gets blown up. And they didn't do enough for her planet. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Or just realizing that like, oh, it's pointless to be a, Rebel fighter now, or maybe not. I don't know where in the time sequence of her fighting, because I don't know, like in Star Wars, whether the rebels were actually fighting, actively fighting in Star Wars. I think they were by then. Uh, so it's kind of implied that maybe like the reason why she stopped fighting is because oh shit, my entire my entire planet just got blown up. What's the point in me? Yeah. <laughs> But that was it's a great little character moment. It's like a, and a, the the X one pilot who's just like who apparently knows her, uh, or like at least like is familiar with her. I mean, at least he has her records. Yeah, you yeah. Know, to see what she's capable of doing. Yeah. Um, and he has so many things that this show has done. This episode, I also that just feel more like Star Wars: A New Hope. Because then, that was the last... Than anything. Then, I mean, it's... There are a lot of flaws with uh, George Lucas's original trilogy, but at least you get a sense that he was trying to focus on characters, build them up, you know? And I feel that that's what's happening here. Build up these characters, you get to have See, the rapport. See, so here's my thing about that. Um, yes, I think he... Did, but I also think um I also think there were other people this is why like yes I do believe that George Lucas actually does love Star Wars I think what he thinks yeah you're mentioning that because you while watching uh the interviews of the uh, directors uh after season one you mentioned how you felt that Dave Filoni during his interview you know Express more love of Star Wars no, 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 than no, no. George Lucas. I uh, what I think I think it's not that George Lucas uh, doesn't love Star Wars. Still, I think that um, there the, it's it's uh, so it's this idea. It's just like there's a difference between loving Star Wars and then loving Star Wars. On so George Lucas's version of loving Star Wars is 
I'm going to, and apparently the Kathleen Kennedy and them is, we're going to redo things until they're dead. Or we're going to, like, I don't know, because you got to remember George Lucas was also responsible for the prequels. Yeah. Um, Who could forget? Uh, and the other thing that I think people forget is, and I keep, in my brain, I was like, I keep having to remind people, is like, George Lucas is the best, arguably the best uh, movie from the original uh, trilogy. Uh, some people go with A New Hope. Some people go with Empire. In fact, the majority of people go with Empire. There's a reason why Empire is the is the best one, in my opinion. Is because he's not the one who directed that one. Yeah, he's also not the one who prime. There were other people writing with him too. That's the other thing about the original trilogy. If you look at the screenwriting, like George Lucas is like story, but the act. There's actually more. There's two. I, I God, I, I feel like a horrible Star Wars nerd. But when I say this, but I, I can't remember. There were other. There were two other writers. So it's two other people who are basically like. Uh, involved with going, eh, you know, throwing ideas at it, or maybe, and also and to check the, his the, impulses. the argue, arguably just going like, yeah, maybe that's not a great idea. Um, which is why I think it's interesting that in this, in Mandalorian, that all the directors kind of like were on the set for each other's episodes. And they even said, it was like, we bounced ideas off of each other. It was just like, and you had, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni constantly there to, and Dave Filoni especially, like, to just be like, to just check things and be like, okay, I am this encyclopedia of Star Wars lore. Um, so I can keep, I can rein things in. Yeah, yeah Taika Waititi mentioned that as well. I mean, his impulses needed to be reined in as well. Yeah, yeah. We all know what he can do, but, you know, he needs to make sure that he's still keeping something that is attuned to whatever is the Star Wars, you know, DNA and not yeah. a Taika White DNA. Which, which sidebar, when it was announced that he's going to do a, a movie... I was just like, I shut up and take my money. I don't even. I don't care what it is. I don't care who the characters are. Minor characters, major characters. I don't care if he's retconning something that is that is sacred, maybe sacred. Like if that's what ends up, I do. I do not care because I know that he's going to do something that no it's gonna be completely unique and no one else it's i mean yeah that's his that is <laughs> that's his dna is you know people expect him to oh gosh yeah or gina carano gina carano so just to be very briefly gross because we are two dudes uh in this episode gina in the most recent episode gina carano comes back she's a little bit more sick uh multiple c's and yeah. and and is oh god she is. She got a little tr in trouble on 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 Twitter for saying something. She maybe for being so. Here's the thing. Wait, what did she say? So I forget. It was something. So she was making a. a she was being the. So there's there's a couple of ways of interpreting this, and I know there's people who are gonna be who are gonna disagree with me about this. Um. It had to do with. I believe it had to do with like trans folk. She was making oh, a no. she was making a joke, but she wasn't 
ex- it, what if you actually see what she said, uh, and then what? See, this is the problem with Twitter is because Twitter doesn't give you any context of what your tone is. She later said it was just like no, no, no. I was trying to point out something by making a joke about it. Uh, and I was just like, well, you're not a comedian, so maybe that's not something you should be doing. Number one. Uh, number two, as soon as it happened, it was just like, of course, the, what people do on the internet is they are immediately calling for firing and like, it should, like people overreacting. Uh, my interpretation, and look, people are free to disagree with me about this, and I am a person who is always like, when people make those jokes now, it's just like, you have to think about more who you are what your status is if you're going to make a joke about it or this basically she was being glib about something that maybe she shouldn't have been glib about as someone who is not part of that community. Yeah. But I mean, she should have heard or paid attention to what happened in terms of the backlash of, uh, what's the, the creator for, um, Harry Potter. Uh, Oh, JK Rowling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, the community is very sensitive as a result of what her she said. We don't need anyone who is one not f- known for being a good comedian, yeah. you know, to make anything that could be misconstrued. Yeah, I think it would have just been safer just to you know, I don't know, not do it on Twitter. Yeah, I, and there's also avoid social media. The, yeah, yeah, point. yeah. There's also a thing of just like she's, I mean, and this isn't excusing it at all, but she also, as someone who came. It, there's a whole actually there's an interesting thing uh in kingdom uh one of the characters in kingdom uh the show that no one watched when it was on the audience network because no one had the audience network but a lot of people have been watching now that it's on netflix is kingdom is this mma show that we were talking about uh a couple episodes ago or last episode two episodes i don't know uh with frank grillo con episode or <laughs> yeah yeah uh Frank Grillo from, you know, uh, Captain America, Civil War, and a handful of other things. Uh, Nick Jonas plays an MMA fighter in it. Uh, he is a character who actually is closeted gay. Um, and there's a whole thing about in that community, you can't, like, you. that's just, it's such a macho fucking toxic masculinity culture even among the female like it even is among the female characters it's like it's such a like it's even though they're not men there's there's a string of toxic max masculinity that runs through them too uh so like i could see that like coming out of that community even though you've been acting for a while that like oh you don't get that you can't make jokes about this like Especially, like, I, it amazes me how, like you were saying, that people don't understand social media. Especially Twitter. It's just like, just don't say anything. It's like, I don't, like, there's people who's like, well, it's, it's you know, we do, you know, if you're going to make jokes about that amongst you and your friends, that's fine. Because the, under the context, it's not fine on in the abstract, on an objective level. But it's like, if that's something you do amongst your friends in the context of you and your friends so long as you're not like making jokes towards but there are other things involved that yeah. 
you know, we understand that, hey, this is not mean to, meant to be mean-spirited. But in social yeah. media with limited characters, yeah. it's very much open to interpretation. You're also, you're also, there's no, con, no context, no, text doesn't convey tone. So if you're being ironic or sarcastic, that's not going to come across. Uh, if your intent is to point out the stupidity of a comment by saying the comment, that doesn't come across in text. You can't really do that in text. Uh, unless you're a comedian, like on a stage, or unless you're even a comedian on Twitter, uh, who has a certain like, who talks about these things, and we know that that's what you do for a living, like as a as a comedian or as a comic writer, we know that you say these things to point out the ridiculousness of them, um, and even that now I think has limits, especially if like if you're doing that, it's probably better. If you're actually part of that community, um, you know, it's like white comedian saying the N-word, like, if it's the context, if you're pointing out why white people shouldn't say the the N-word, then that's kind of like, yeah, but even, like, I think we're even at the point now where it's like, I don't even think white comics should be doing that. You know, it's just like, yes, you're allowed to do that, and yes, you're still pointing out something. You're pointing out a wrong. You're saying the word to point out the wrong of the word. I say I'm articulating this terribly, but even then, it's like as a white comedian, especially like a white male comedian, it's like, eh, is that really? Are you really the one? Like, maybe you should. You know, there are there are a number of comedians who like you know. Just by the nature of being black, probably have a more of a better perspective and a more of a. I don't want to say more of a right, but look, fuck it, more of a right to say those jokes and say those things than you do. Um, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's where like I've I've kind of turned around on. I was like, yeah, you can make jokes about anything. I was just like, you can, but. You might want to give some thought to like who you are and what your status is. Uh, but it seems like um, Gina Carano has managed to weather the storm of, I guess. So here's that a, here's the thing. She was my interpretation. The reason why it didn't blow up super huge is she was she wasn't saying something that was directly hurtful. It was like she was really being too glib about something that it wasn't her place to be glib about. And because it wasn't her place to be glib about, it came it came across as you're you're saying these people are less than or like you're making fun of these people. Like as like because you're not you're not like like we were saying, you're not a comedian. You're not a skilled enough person to be and you in this day and age I still don't get why people who like you're on Twitter. Twitter is a public forum. More people than are just the audi- your particular audience are going to see see what you say. Yeah. So you should maybe keep more things to yourself. Especially if you're rolling in Disney money right now. Yes. It's just like yeah. you just got to be smarter. You're going to be uh, 
attracting a wider audience and you just got to be, you know, yeah. smarter online. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, she's, once again, Gina Carano just still looks gorgeous in yeah. season two. That yeah. has not changed. Um, and yeah, and I, I think from what I heard, Carl Weathers directed this episode. Yeah. Um, and this was, I mean, I like this. You know, just yeah. this, the fact that... Despite the fact that they they changed the directors, they from what we've seen from this these clips, they communicate with each other. Yeah. There is a team. They 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 give as you said give you know lend each other ideas. You know there is like I, it works out well at, uh, it, with a show like this. Yeah, I also not for nothing. And this was a good episode. Yeah, after last week, I was kind of worried that this episode would be a letdown. It was not. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, there's some theories that like that's so I read some stuff on the internet after watching this episode. Uh, is that like there's theories that that's the the the, the pods. Uh, that's Snoke. Other people saying those that's uh they're developing dark troopers, which is another thing from ex, you know. I'm not familiar because that's from the game. Those were that's from the weird games. armor, and I was yeah. just like, I mean, I've seen some around Moff Gideon. There were like these stormtroopers that are in black. But these armors just look hella heftier than yeah. I've seen. Typically. So there's a, apparently there's a whole thing from uh, one of the Star Wars video games uh, that is... Most recent ones or an old one? Older ones. Okay. Because uh, those are more recent Star Wars I, with like a first person, no, third person uh, action game where you in, are in control of this young young person who's strong with a force sure and i think they there were i think i heard somewhere on youtube that they may be connecting the storyline of that that star wars game with maybe what was going on sure so. sure so i these think these are more capable stormtroopers uh they're supposed to be like yeah like not more capable they're supposed to be like their super. aim is truer <laughs> yeah but they're also supposed to be like like sort of like weird Frankenstein, like super, they're super soldiers, essentially, is what they're I mean, supposed I'm to. assuming they're, because the child is related, they're somewhat attuned to the force as well. Uh, well, that's what making, what makes people think that the, the things that are actually in the, to the tubes mm -hmm. and the whole, that that's, so the dark troopers are the ones that are around Gideon. Um, the things that are in the tubes are Snoke, and that's why they have the child. Uh -huh. And the donor that they're talking about, because when they say, oh, we don't have access to the, t the, the child, we need more access to the donor. The donor is, is Palpatine. Okay. Oh, okay. We, like when they say we need more blood from the donor, they don't say who that is because that's Palpatine. Because Palpatine made, clone, made clones of himself. Which, is, again, is extended universe shit. It's Dark Empire. <laughs> like... Uh, so yeah, as as someone who's read a bunch of extended universe stuff, I'm just I and watch Clone Wars. I noticed this line, and I the, the thing that really got me pissed off with the prequel trilogy, Midichlorians, and in this episode they mentioned M count. Do they still acknowledge Midichlorians? I in think Star Wars? I think so. Here's what they because that was that kind of like irked me. It, it it didn't irk me. I appreciate that they like they said it without saying it. Okay. Like 
by calling it an M count, they can, for all the people who are like, oh, that they made midichlorines, like, we can all do that, but for the people who are, like, not focusing on that, it's just like, what's an M count? And if, so long as they, like, they can do something like that and then never call them midichlorines and never get into that, and then that's fine. Like, it's just, like, a way that they can just, like, by calling it, it's, 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 like I said, it's a way of saying it without saying it. Because I've just thought that, you know, after the backlash, uh, sure, you know, that first movie and the fact that they gave it a name, you know, why people are so strong with the force. I just thought that Star Wars just like did away with that. So I haven't sure. heard that reference until today, you know. Well, so here's the thing about that. Um, there's two things about that. So if you're considering that the uh, Mandalorian is in the same uh, getting distracted by what's happening in this Jungle Book, apparently. Um, if you're considering that Mandalorian and all that are in the same continuity as the movies, then... Uh, In, in well, here's the thing. In Last Jedi, well, that's the thing. In Last Jedi, they were implying that middle midichlorines and all that, that basically like anybody can be strong with the Force. Oh, okay. And then they retcon that in Rise of Skywalker by, like, saying it's just like no, there's family bloodlines make a difference. And that's when it comes down to, like, even though Anakin is apparently, like, a weird Jesus birth uh, thing. Uh, yeah, because I was kind of hoping that, you know, random mutations can cause an alien to be, or a being, to be strong yeah. with a force. Or, you know, that's what I was kind of hoping. That's what they reference. Well, somebody, like, they, so they, they Reza, fucking Reza Skywalker. So... <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I was re-watching recently just for shits and giggles while I was doing something else. I put it on just for shits and giggles. Um, there's so many, like, force things that, like, they do in that where it's just, like, like fucking... So, you know, you eliminated that, you know, the fact that, like, oh, anybody can be strong with the force, like, that it's just, like, a random thing. You also eliminate by... Shit canning, never actually mentioning, because apparently, uh, according to Boye, even Boye, before Boyega came out with this, like there were people implying it's like, no, Finn is force sensitive. Uh, so there also Rise of Skywalker kind of just not necessarily jettisoned, but kind of ignored the fact that people can also be force sensitive, whether that not that it can use the force or not. Uh, which is something they established could be like, like heighten what you could do, in fucking. Uh, the guy in Rogue One. In Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that being force sensitive is actually like a thing, and then they made that not matter in Rise of Skywalker. So it's like, well, maybe they'll get into that in Mandalorian, or maybe they'll pretend like that doesn't exist. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, also, if ah- Ahsoka Tano. Like when she shows up and she's a gray Jedi, just having a the idea of a gray Jedi 
now in canon is throws so many things like into not into question but into question about the way people interpret Star Wars uh as far as like the dark versus the light side um and also whether George Lucas like actually um was telling the truth there, actually this comes back way back to like a thing that uh so Freddie Prince Jr uh of all people he he did a voice on Rebels I believe it was he was one of the characters on Rebels and he did this interview on this podcast and what he said on it like super blew up where he it was before Rise of Skywalker came out and he basically said oh everyone's asking a, what's going to happen in Rise of Skywalker and he goes I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in Rise of Skywalker because it's it's from go back to what George Lucas actually set up in Star Wars even in the original trilogy is no uh the arc of it is always uh forces in balance one side of the force becomes too powerful the other side of the force starts to rise to power usually the dark side dark side becomes too powerful light side rises up again to put it and it's all because uh periodically in the star wars universe the force becomes out of balance and then events happen in the galaxy to try and balance out that the force because the force literally the force is the guiding force in the galaxy it is constantly trying to reset itself to balance so in however we might feel about the prequels all throughout the prequels is a period where the Jedi Council and the Jedi are ascendant that is the light side of the force having too much power in the galaxy and the galaxy is out of balance because uh the light side of the force has too much power and then uh, the Empire and the First Order taking over and being in control is the dark side having too much power in the galaxy. And then you have a character who in the Star Wars, in the, the version of the Star Wars universe in the movies is either a Skywalker or a Palpatine who is the person who is who puts that balance back into the universe. In... The original trilogy and in the pre- in the original trilogy, that's Luke. In the prequels, uh, well, the prequels are essentially like it's An- it's Anakin, yeah. it's Vader, except that goes too far, and then the dark side becomes ascendant again. But in in the new trilogy, that's Ray. After nine movies, yeah, it's now that they introduce the Gray Jedi. Well, yeah, because they they can get away with it. Because the idea of a gray Jedi means that there's someone who is a a student of the Force who doesn't uh who doesn't uh go with either side. Because so much of Star Wars in the movies has basically told us told us so I've actually like I was thinking about this as like when I was like why I love the idea of a gray Jedi is because I'm like a centrist like by 
nature and all that is that um the ad- so much of the Star Wars universe has been kind of pointing us to the fact that like oh Yoda is the wise one. Yoda is like knows that the right way and the idea of a gray jedi actually throws that completely out of whack where it's just like well maybe yoda isn't right either maybe there shouldn't be too much of the light side either like the real balance is to have a little bit of both and that's a very extended universe idea like luke essentially is becomes for all intents and purposes a gray jedi so in, that was introduced in the extended books. In extended, the gray? uh, yes, Ex- Gray Jedi is an extended universe idea. Um, not a George Lucas idea. No, it is extended universe because Dark Empire is all about Luke. Uh, essentially, going to the dark side and coming back out of it, basically as a thing that like, I I didn't read. I think I only read one of the Dark Empire books, but to my understanding, if anyone is a more super Star Wars nerd than me, as far as extended universe, and I could probably do some research on this, and maybe in the intro I will correct this if it's wrong. <coughs> but in Dark Empire, essentially Lar- uh, Luke becomes sort of like the Emperor for a while, or like he goes to the dark side to see if he can overcome it. Like, when you go to the dark side, I'm assuming he's doing evil things. Yes, but the whole premise of that, I think, in is Luke, like, so he goes to the dark side for a while, but his whole thing is to explore the dark side of the force, not necessarily by doing evil things, but like there's, there's, uh, like, using using anger negative emotions basically to it's basically the premise of the dark side is uh uh which is not always consistent with the jedi um especially well it's it's not consistent with the jedi which i think is interesting throughout the star wars universe especially canon star wars universe it's not consistent that the jedi are always using the force in positive ways or not in emotion and not with negative emotions. And so the whole idea basically is like that the dark side of the force is when you use force with negative emotions. So fear and rage. So it's like if you use the force to attack, uh, and the whole premise of course of the clone wars is is like the Jedi getting involved in the war is what, and it, it's implied in Revenge of the Sith. Yoda says something along these lines, which is like the fact that we're involved in this war is what made 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 us vulnerable to the dark side. It was like we are now fighters and attackers, and now like taking essentially sort of taking over worlds uh, as the Republic, quote unquote. And that makes us that made us vulnerable to the dark side because we weren't supposed to be. We're not supposed to be generals. We're not supposed to be fighting in a war. That's not our purpose. And we're now vulnerable to the dark side because that's what we've been doing. We're in literally in a war. We're not supposed to be in a war. Jedi's aren't supposed to be in a war. Like 
except if they're fighting the Sith and that's where they're inconsistent. And that's again where Grey Jedi come and like. So with this show, the possibilities that they can open up in future movies or whatever, the exploration of the Grey Jedi and how the Grey Jedi could potentially just maintain explore, balance. Explore, exploring the idea that the Force isn't a binary. Basically, which if that's a thing, oh God, that opens up, that just completely opens up a central concept in the Star Wars universe that's in the extended universe, but isn't in canon, except for Ahsoka Tono, but Atano, and some really batshit insane shit that they, they go to a planet where there's like this family that is like force users and it's like a father who's sort of in balance, a daughter who's completely in the light side of force and the son is completely in the dark side of the force. It's a really, it's in like season three, and it's like a three episode arc. It's crazy. And if you watch that episode and you go, okay, this isn't canon, this actually, if you think about it enough, affects so much. The fact that this, the, this planet and these people exist really makes you question a lot of things. And the fact that Anna it's like an Anakin and Obi-Wan sent Anna Soka like central episode. It's just like, oh wow. So Anakin went to this planet and learned some shit about himself and about the force. That changes the perspective dramatically. A lot of what happens in Clone Wars actually changed dramatically at how you view the events in Revenge of the Sith. Like I mean, a lot of it is just like, you fucking schmuck, Anakin. You knew this was going to happen. Like, and you still fucking did it, you dumbass. Like, like you, you, you saw that you were going to... More than once, I think, in Clone Wars, it comes up. It's just like, you, you, you yourself, not just Yoda, saw that you might turn bad. <laughs> like, that that was your fucking future. And you still fucking became Darth Vader, like so, yeah. But yeah, that I feel was... like I was talking for a really no, long no, time. No, that's, <laughs> I mean, it, this it's like you and Rich are like. I mean, I don't give a, it, give any fucks about Star Wars, but you know, you guys like bring the knowledge. You know, uh, I don't know how much Rich knows about the extended universe, but I definitely know he, that he doesn't. You know, he doesn't. He uh, cares a lot about. He knows a lot. He cares a lot about. St- so here's my thing: that a joke that I always make when we bring this up, and you turn the. Ri- no offense to Rich, I love Rich, uh, as a as a nerd, but when you turn him as and you go, you are the Star Wars guy, and I was like, I'm, almost feel like I'm more of a Star Wars guy. Yeah. I just know more, <laughs> but that's because I'm just a. If you build a strong enough world, I'm there for it. You know what I mean? Um, which we will get to. There's some... God, there's TV shows. There's news that came out re- very recently. Two things that are happening that I think are pretty cool. We're getting two Christmas presents. Wonder Woman 1984 oh, yes. is coming out. Uh, what is it? Christmas Eve? Christmas Day, I believe. Christmas Day? I believe, yeah. Do you know what else is dropping Christmas Day? No. Season 9 of fucking Letterkenny. 
That's your Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. I am still behind. I apologize. It's okay. Nothing. I there's nothing again, to catch this up is on. A great there's nothing. Show. To, there's nothing to catch up on. Okay. Really, like even like if you could literally just that is your Christmas gift because you yeah, love that show. Yeah. You could literally. You don't necessarily have to catch up. Although there's some storylines that carry on from like the end of one season to another you could literally jump into any episode from any season of that show and there will be some stuff to be like why is that character doing that when in season one they were doing that but you could you could jump into any episode from any season of that show and you're fine you don't you're not really catching up there isn't really an overarching story except for like some characters get together and break up basically I mean, I'm just hoping that this is a great, this is great news because I, I mean, one, I would like to see Wonder Woman this year, and two, does that open up the possibility for Tenet to be viewable on demand, or is no, Nolan no, really? No, 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 fucking no. Nolan. And that's why, because Nolan, yeah, it's Nolan. No, it's that's not going to happen. Um, everything else will come out, um, but. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two pieces of news that I've, I'm really, I was really excited about, and they're both dropping essentially on the same day. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, oh god, that's gonna be. I mean, that was good news because all of last weekend, this week, as I've been catching L's every day. I've been trying to remember last time we spoke, we were talking about video games, and you know, the fates don't want me to have a PlayStation Five. Yeah, it's in my cart, and somehow mysteriously, it's no it's longer gonna, no, just, no longer in my cart. Fucking bots! It's just fuck gonna, you guys. Yeah, Scalpers. yeah, it's, it's just gonna sit there. Uh, um, the one of the things we talked about on the lost episode is we talked about. So I, I, it occurred to me that we talked about this, and then we so some really brief things before because we can get into talking about. Um, just gonna te- check the time. Okay. Um, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say two things. Uh, number one, I got into. I was talking about that. I got into the order, and then literally like last week, the creator and the showrunner of the order uh, went on Twitter and just went, "Netflix has canceled <laughs> the order." Uh, so Netflix canceled the order. Uh, so no season three of the order, and no second season of I am not okay with this, which is also like, uh, "Fuck you, Netflix." <laughs> Shit, I need it. That's I am so behind. Yeah, I need to get on that show. Uh, was, when it first appeared, it looked like a show I really wanted to get into, but yeah. for some reason, I never. Yeah, on. it's great. Mostly, mostly like the guy behind it is. It's based on a comic book. The guy behind it, the writer, is great. Um, and she's fantastic. Uh, she was the standout one in the It movies. Uh, I almost watched the version of Annie she's, she was in just because okay. she's, like, fantastic. I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, but it's, like, young actress, like, redhead, and just, like, one of those things. It's just, like, oh, you just have... You're one of those young actors that, like, just have a presence on screen. Kind of like... Um, was it Millie, Millie Bobby Brown? Brown, yes. Yeah, on, as Eleven on fucking... Stranger Things, it's just like the rest of these kids are really good. You are phenomenal. Like, <laughs> like, like the rest of those kids are not slouches as actors, but you, like, you just have presence on screen, even in a a terror, not a terrible movie, 
but like in a movie where everybody is like why are there so many great actors except for like this one in like Godzilla King of the Monsters is like you stand out even in that movie <laughs> like and no one cares about the human characters in that movie and you stand out in that movie you and Bradley Whitford because he's he's the only person who actually knows what movie he's in um which I, I watched part of that again. I was very entertained because I was just like, every time he's on screen, it's like, you know you're in a Godzilla movie. Thank fuck. Like, you're the only <laughs> one who knows that you're in a giant monster movie. <laughs> like, and is not taking this shit seriously. Like, like overly serious. It's fine if you want to take it seriously, but like, just too serious. Um, so yeah, uh, also, uh, Westworld season three, I realized, came out in the interim, the like eight months or so interim that we did not have a podcast. Uh, you, you're not gonna. Hop on. I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm don't, gonna. Don't, I'm gonna. I'm don't gonna spoil. I I'm will not gonna get spoil. I will. I will not spoil. Oh, man, so we can't actually talk about that. Maybe I'll talk about that on a separate no. thing. Um, I I'm not excited about it. But I won't hate watch it either. I no, am intrigued about how it, it develops. It's uneven. Three. It's uneven is what I'll tell you. Okay. It's uh, There are, even in individual episodes, there are parts that are great and parts that aren't. Uh, conceptual, uh, like without getting into details, conceptually in a lot like season two, although it's less complicated, I think, there's a lot of stuff in there that is really interesting. Not all of it is executed particularly well or effectively. Um, and the end payoff, much like season two, is a little bit like, okay. Like, you're not, like, super like, oh, my God! And you're not super like, that was a piece of crap. You're more like, yeah, that look, that feels like that's where all that was going. Like, <laughs> so, Okay. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. And then there's uh, Lovecraft Country. Another show that I hope. Um, Truth Seekers. Yeah. Okay, I will get on Nick that. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. At first, I was met on it, and then, damn it, I do, I started binging the last three episodes. I'm like, sure. damn it. It's like it, it revealed more of the Nick Frost peg, you know, DNA throughout the last few episodes, and I love that. So, humor. so the, the very the, subtle. Um, I I think you'll enjoy the, that. The thing about um, the two of them is that even in the weakest thing they were in together, it's still the two of them. There's a certain thing that, like, when you put two people who just worked together, like writing and acting together like that for so long that like something is going to good is going to come out of it. Whether the overall product is great. Uh, Paul is one of those things. Never saw that. Which, it's not great. It's, it's like comedy ET essentially Seth Rogen plays the alien. So like you, I think what, uh, the biggest problem with that movie, in my opinion, is that you have to balance the Seth the Seth Rogeny is the Seth Roganess, I guess would be the what I'm the term I'm looking for. I don't know, and the fact that you're hearing his voice coming out of the alien, uh, so you have to deal with that, 
which isn't necessarily in conflict with the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost dynamic because there's kind of like a sort of stoner comedy little bit overlap there. But it's definitely a little bit of a disconnect between what feels like a the Seth, Rug- Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow crew of people and the Nick Frost, Simon Pegg sort of comedy uh Ni- uh what's his name who did all of uh Ni- not Nigel oh god the guy who did fucking all of the Nick Frost Simon Pegg movies Edgar Wright Edgar Wright yeah. so because Edgar Wright is involved with it but he's not directing it like there's this sort of contrast between those two comedy styles that, and they don't quite mesh is why that movie isn't as good or as funny as maybe it could have been but I feel that this is a, um, um, this is a solid um, TV show. It's short. Um, okay. It's, it's not overly long. Um, and wait, sorry, sports things. Because <laughs> you have an alert set. Why do you have an alert set? You don't need an alert. Unless there's a game going on right now, you don't need another. No, alert. it's been a while. The NBA uh, draft just came through, and I know this is not related to sports, but you know this is the first time I've kind of been happy with some of the moves the Knicks have been making, and okay. this is the Knicks. They sure, never sure. make good moves, yeah. so I'm like, I can't wait to see what happens. Well, well so. they, they have the opportunity to make these decisions literally in a vacuum. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally in a yeah. bubble. So <laughs> I will say that I, I read an article about like the whole NBA bubble thing. And it was kind of fascinating. Like the way they're actually in a weird way of like actually pulling that off. I mean, it was great for a small number of games. I don't know if they could do that for an entire season. Especially yeah. with those professional athletes being away from their families that yeah yeah insane. yeah yeah but if it's like only for like a couple months i mean these guys are used to that because they've done it before when they were in like high school where they these aau tournaments where they're traveling around with their buddies and hanging out playing video games so it's kind of like harken back to their youth so they it was like a great thing to happen but i don't know if the nba could really pull this off yeah for an entire season well that's the question of everything is like whether anyone can pull what they're doing off that it's effective on in a long term so before we get off before we uh talk about lovecraft country do we want to pause or do we uh and do uh also do we want to discuss that or do we want to do or do we want to refresh and maybe watch some episodes and then come back to this on a later episode how do you feel about that i don't know why i'm saying this on mic here let's pause yeah pause (laughs)